Welcome to Flock Talk, a podcast of GCF North. Flock Talk exists to inform, encourage, and inspire. This is your host, Dave Farley, lead pastor of GCF North. This is season two, episode one. And I'm joined today by three esteemed guests. <laughs> We're going to introduce themselves, starting with Beth Ann Bredhauer. Who was Beth Ann Bredhauer? I'm uh, Beth Ann Bredhauer. Um, <laughs> Kid, how many kids do you have, ages? I have three kids, um, five, four, and two. Um, I'm married to Brett. He's the mechanic at Western States Equipment. And you were on staff here at the church for a long time. About nine years. Nine years. And then we have Tori Spaghettis. Who is Tori Spaghettis? Hi, I'm Tori Spaghettis, wife of Greg Spaghettis and mom of Lydia, Eden, and Cora. Ages of your kids? Twelve, nine, and six. And your husband just passed the bar exam. He did. So, uh, and for the last three, well, roughly three years, Mm -hmm. he was working full-time at a law firm and going to law school full-time. Yes. How did you survive? We just did. (laughs) (laughs) We've had busy, busy schedules like that before, so it wasn't too different. In a lot of ways, it was easier because we are here in Spokane now where... A lot of our family is. So mm. we had, I had a lot, a lot of help from grandparents and aunts and uncles and other family members. So great. We made it. And last but not least, my favorite guest of all time, <laughs> my wife, Heidi Farley. Tell us about yourself, kids. Yeah. Your amazing husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Dave and I have been married for 24 years. Uh, we have five sons, ranging from 10 to 20. Um, I don't know what else you want to know. Well, tell us about your um, amazing husband. So I hear he's <laughs> model husband, super godly. So easy to be married to, yeah. David. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this episode I'm really excited about because we are going to talk about uh, what it means to be a godly woman or femininity. And so I asked you three ladies onto the show because I think they're all Uh, wonderful models of godly womanhood. Um, So I'll just throw out the first question um, for you, and that is, uh, what does it mean to be feminine? Who wants to answer that question first? Bethann, thanks so much for volunteering to go first. (laughs) What does it mean to be feminine? Well, actually, I I had insomnia last night, so I thought a lot about this question for some reason. Um, I... When thinking about what it means to be feminine, there's, if you're familiar with the, um, the whole Bud Light thing with Dylan Mulvaney mm-hmm. and the transgender guy, um, we'd never say that he was feminine, but that he was effeminate. So a woman who goes to Walmart in sweatpants is more feminine than a guy pretending. So there's a quality of, femininity that is uh, intrinsic to being a woman. And then there's the, the things um, kind of uh, um, that adorn it, such as um, uh, like gentleness and tenderness. Like my husband can be gentle and tender, but he is gentle and tender in a way that's more becoming to a man. Mm-hmm. 
So it's hard to like describe it, but there's a definite, um, there's a definite pattern that it is, and you you have to start with that baseline of actually being a woman to start with femininity, mm-hmm. and then I think the character traits uh, that, that Paul extols in women, uh, gentle, meek, godly, raising your own children well, loving your husband, those are also traits that become femininity. Very good, very good. I'll uh, add to that a little bit. Um, so when I think about our culture, there's so much confusion, and um, it's easy to try to make up our own definitions, but um, I think it's great, like you said in your sermon, to go back to Genesis, and especially the first couple chapters where um, God created woman, and so he's the designer. Um, he, he said that when he created woman, it was very good. Um, so when I think about how should we define a woman, we should look at what God describes as what a woman should be. So um, instead of looking around um, at what our culture says a woman should be, um, we should search the scriptures and see what does God say a, a godly woman should look like. And um, so if, if we are not women of the word, we're not going to have a great definition of what a woman should be. So our hearts should be just submissive to the word of God. Our heart should be captive to the word of God. Um, we should not just look at, well, these other Christians, all these women wear skirts. So that's what it means to be feminine is just to wear a skirt. Well, where in the Bible does it say that a woman should just wear a skirt? Um, our conscience should be held by the word of God. So when there are passages that talk about um, or describe a godly woman, we should look at those and ask, Lord, how can we apply those? I I want to follow the model. You're the designer. When I live under your design, I'm going to be thriving. So um, let me look at Titus 2. Let me look at Proverbs 31. Um, Let me look at Ephesians and help me to submit my life to the way that you've designed it. Um, So overall, looking to the Word of God as a description of what femininity is and not so much just maybe other women or our culture, but using the word of God as a guide would be what I would say. Very good. Anything you want to add to that, Tori? Not much. Heidi, that was so great. (laughs) (laughs) That was so great. I agree. Comparison is just such a dangerous game. So looking to the word and asking God what what your life should look like so that you can represent Femininity in the way that he designed is is the best way. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think about um, women in our culture when they hear things that the word describes as a what a, a godly woman be would be. Um, they're tempted to be just have an emotional response, like "No way, I'm not going to do that." But our hearts need to approach the word of God with a submissive heart. Lord, your will be done. Um, not just an emotional response. Um, for I, I would recommend for women who are struggling in this area, sit down with your Bible and copy down all of the passages that deal specifically with women and ask the Lord to help you to apply those and not just have kind of an emotional response like, oh, I don't like this. This doesn't feel right. But um, 
trust that what the Lord said is good and just have a heart, Lord, your will be done. I want to honor you through my femininity and you're the definition of what that should look like. So let me look at your word and apply that. And and those texts would be Genesis 1 and 2, Proverbs 31, Titus 2, Ephesians 5, 1 Corinthians uh, 10. Uh, other texts you're thinking of? Uh, what texts am I forgetting? Those would be the main ones. Um, so so what, what pressure do you ladies feel, um, either from the world or maybe from friends or the church, what pressure do you feel to not embrace your biblical roles and embrace femininity? Does that question make sense? Do, do, do you feel pressure um, to, to not act like a godly woman? If so, where, what does it look like? Where is that coming from? I think uh, for me, um, I I can feel that the pressure to specifically to covetousness of what other women, uh, other women's stage of life, or mm-hmm. what even other godly women, and and there's a I think a real danger of discontent to um, compare yourself or your kids. Why is my child flipping a table in the Sunday school? This may or may not be apocryphal. <laughs> and, and then someone else's kids like are sitting there model child. But what, why can't my child be more like theirs? And even like in a broader scope, why am I, quote unquote, wasting my life, clean up, throw up. And um, when I have a degree, and this is what my life consists of right now with small children. And that degree was not cleaning up, throw up. <laughs> your, de- your degree was in literature? Um, English with a creative writing focus. Okay. So okay. They, they always say that creative writing reads books to steal technique, whereas English literature reads it to see what they are trying to say Mm. (laughs) profound so profound i'm confused it was very profound just cut that part out (laughs) so so tori and heidi do you do you ladies um feel pressure to conform to the world standard of what it means to be a woman whatever that is sometimes yeah we talked about this in home group this week and i shared about i've had different times over the years of raising kids. Our oldest is, she's only 12, so we're not that that far along, but there have been seasons where I've, I feel a little panicky, like I'm not doing enough, or I didn't, I didn't finish college, um, and I'm just a mom. I'm just a wife and just a mom, and the world says that's not enough. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's been hard for me sometimes to think, oh, I'm not going back to school or I'm not providing financially for our family in any way. So what, what else should I do? Is there something I should be doing other than um, what God has for me right now? And so I have to find the truth in his word and lots and lots of encouragement from my husband over the years saying, no, you're doing you're doing the right thing. You're doing what I want you to do, and you're doing a good job. And that's always really 
helpful to me, but it is hard to look around at your friends, friends or people in your community that are just doing it all um, and to just feel less than, and that's just not true. So uh, along these lines, how, how can you, or how can husbands encourage their wives to be feminine? It sounds like Greg has encouraged you, which is wonderful. Yes. Um, but what, what advice would you give to husbands? How can you encourage your wives to be feminine? Point out when your wife does well. Okay. Encouragement. Yeah. I know Brett oftentimes texts me. Um, but it's a little thing that, that when, when he really likes his lunch. Because I always, <laughs> I always ask him, like, what do you want to eat? And I want to make something you like. And he's like, I, I don't care. Just make some. He's low maintenance. <laughs> he is, but then, but then he will go out of his way to point out if he really enjoyed something, or. Um, okay, so we're all wondering, what does he really enjoy that you make him for lunch? Um, probably potato soup. With, he likes the comfort food, like very stodgy, meaty stuff. <laughs> He's a typical guy. So Heidi, what would um, you say? I I would just say how much I appreciate when Dave sends encouragement and praises me for areas that I'm serving the family. He notices. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls the the boys to honor me and. Um, just has an awareness of all the things that I am doing behind the scenes to make everyone else's lives better. So just verbal praise. Um, also, I, it, it helps when a husband provides well. It just, it, it, the, the wife is called to take what he's earning and multiply it and put food on the table. And it does help when she doesn't have to stretch the grocery budget from nothing. So if a husband works hard and provides that, that does help make it a little easier. Uh, anyway. Well, Tori is now married to Gregory Spaghetti's Esquire. <laughs> or is it Gregory Spaghetti's counselor? What's his title? I don't know. <laughs> Spaghetti's and Spaghetti's law firm. Um, so, so what, uh, what, as you look out across the evangelical world and even just this church, what are what are concerns that you have about the next generation of ladies? Um, do you do you think that they are embracing their biblical roles? Do you have concerns here? If so, what are your what are your concerns? Without obviously naming names and being too judgmental, but I'm I'm sure you've noticed patterns and you have concerns. So, what are some of those concerns? My concern would be uh, the, and I, and I include myself in this too. The tendency is to look. Or advice online or to look for advice among your peers and the pattern in Titus 2 is the older women should teach the younger women and with especially online it's very difficult to judge a person's life and say oh I should I should take their parenting advice because their children are well-adjusted, normal adults who are loving the Lord. Well, 
anytime that you are in like a forum with other people online, you always present your best foot forward. So there's, there's a, I think an unconscious sense of these other people have it together and I'll ask for advice from them. And instead of older women in my church who I can see their life and I can see their, their children. Heidi, Tori, concerns that you have? You first. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it does seem that in our culture, there's a push for women to do it all and to raise children, to have a career, just to do everything. And um, I think even Christian women can put that pressure on themselves and they end up just not doing anything well because they're just trying to do it all and it's impossible. So um, I think of women who throw themselves into a career and push themselves for excellence in their career. But when they're home, they are just very fragile and don't work hard, don't pursue excellence. So I, I just would challenge the next generation to pursue excellence in the, the role that God has called them to, um, to push themselves. Um, don't do just the bare minimum in the home or with your kids or with your husband, um, pursue excellence for the glory of God. So, so what does that look like to pursue excellence as a homemaker and a mother? Give me some examples. This is for all three of you. I, I know Heidi, we've talked a lot about even exile and some of the examples in that book that she draws out of excellence in homemaking. Um, what are, what are, what are some specific examples of excellence? In the domestic arts, <laughs> I think for in for me anyway, that looks like taking on the bulk of the responsibilities in the home: cleaning, cooking, shopping, taking care of the kids, making sure they have, you know, lunch the next day for school and things like that. And of course, um, if I ask for for help from Greg. He will always help me. He helped me this morning. Totally cleaned up the kitchen while I was finishing getting the girls ready for school. But for us, I I take that job really seriously, and I it I enjoy it. It's hard sometimes. It's a lot of work to take care of a family, and I only have three kids. <laughs> so uh, no matter how many kids you have, it can be hard. So for me, it's taking on that responsibility at at home and trying to do it excellence other examples of excellence Bethann Heidi I know you have examples you're thinking of right now you're just afraid to say them <laughs> Heidi well I, I think of the passage um, the heart of her husband trusts her and like what Tori said her husband is blessed by all of the work that she does in the home and um, Things are running smoothly um, from her work. All her people are blessed. Um, the, the, the kids uh, come home to 
like a sanctuary where things are going well. It's not just stress everywhere and chaos. It's there's order, there's joy, there's beauty, um, there's security. And a lot of that comes from what the mother can do. Um, I, I think of some women who maybe re- could rely on their husbands too much to do their job. I mean, their husbands may be out in the world facing really stressful meetings, um, really hard work, and they come home and the wife just hands off the kids and does her own thing. That would not be a blessing. Um, we're called to be our husband's helper. Um, we don't want to just throw our duties onto our husband and expect him to do double duty. So I just want to encourage women to work hard and for the glory of God, do their their role with excellence and um, think about her, their people. Um, how can I bring blessing and good to the people in my life? So what do you, what do you ladies like the most and what do you like the least about being a homemaker and a mother? What do you like the most? We'll start with that. And we'll, we'll do speed round here. What do you like the most? What, com- what comes to mind first? Don't think, just speak. <laughs> I love being able to be home with the girls through all their stages. I feel like I didn't miss anything. You know, there's that saying, the days are long, but the years are short. And that's so true. And I'm so, so thankful that I've gotten to be home all these years and just be a part of their every day. I love reading to my kids, um, sharing good literature with them, and then just talking with them. Sometimes kids come up with very profound things to say. (laughs) And I love um, bringing delight through holiday traditions, making them special, um, going all out to try to celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, things like that. So what do you like least about being a homemaker and a mother? I think there's a very isolating effect uh, when you're, like I do like talking to my kids, but sometimes, sometimes, some days it consists of, please do not put that in your mouth <laughs> constantly. <laughs> and then when Brett's home, I'm just, he's like, Oh, I'll take the kids and, and you can go off. And I'm like, no, no, I need to talk to you, a human who has yeah. a vocabulary that's a little bit higher than yeah. like, please don't eat the glue. Or Yeah. <laughs> so, so speaking of fellowship for moms, I, I just learned this week that the last GCF North ladies or moms outing, there were 17 moms and 38 kids, which is so encouraging. So, Tori, what do you like least? Uh, least favorite thing is when the kids are sick Mm. and you're just stuck at home doing all the things that come along with sick kids. That's probably my, my least favorite thing, but it's just part of it. So, and I would say, uh, some of those tasks you just have to do over and over again, um, specifically sweeping. I just hate doing it over and over again. <laughs> the futility of work. It, it isn't homemaking too. Anyway. What's tricky about this conversation, and we'll wrap it up here in a few minutes, is that you, you three ladies are all in, in a similar season. Although, Bethany, your kids are younger. Our kids are older. 
but you all have kids at home right now. So biblical femininity looks different for single ladies in their 20s or for ladies in their 50s or 60s that have their kids raised. So, so it's important to nuance this conversation, qualify it, because none of us are saying it's wrong to have a career, um, especially when kids are out of the house or, or there's no kids yet. Um, but what, with that in mind, what advice would you give to a young 20-year-old female at GCF? If you could say, here's some advice for you as you think about cultivating biblical womanhood. Um, what, what advice would you give for them as they are um, approaching marriage and parenting? So, again, young single ladies in their 20s. What advice would you give to them? Not all at once. <laughs> I think like we talked about before, comparison. Not comparing yourself to people, people your age or just a little bit ahead of you and looking to a person as your ideal but you know wishing your life away through stages yeah yeah um it's and you know read your bible (laughs) what does the bible say what is god telling us about what your stage whatever stage you're at right now what should that look like and let that be your model and ask older women when you were my age what did you do or you know and not just comparing yourself all the time and thinking you're not, you're not measuring up. I would say, um, yeah, to add on to what Tori was saying, that godliness with contentment is great gain. So uh, don't neglect pursuing godliness either. Like study God's word. And, um, and also I'd like to say to the older women that they – because I've talked to several older ladies who felt like they had wasted their lives and they didn't have anything to offer. And that's just not the case. Like you may not have, um, you may not have a degree in biblical studies or something like that, but there is an aspect of wisdom that comes with age. And I would, I was especially ministered to by a couple ladies who, when I was in my teens and 20s, who would just let me drop in randomly and chat with them and watch how they kept their home. And it didn't take huge effort on their part. And one of them told me, like, I have an hour, and after that you need to leave. <laughs> but, but you're welcome to stay while I clean this counter and just talk about anything with her. Um. So I would encourage even even older ladies that they do have wisdom to offer just from life experience and from from reading God's word. So invite younger women over and have them in your life. I think of uh, a gal I know who is in the valley who's a single lady. And she desires to get married, but um, at this point, she's not. Um, But she has just been a a wonderful example of biblical womanhood as even as a a single lady. Um, She owns her own home, but she opens it and has people over for dinner. Her home is beautiful. She 
is so warm when they they come to their her home. Um, she volunteers in the nursery, so she's a lover of children. She's an amazing aunt to her nieces. Um, she's involved in discipleship, so she's just thriving um, in this season of singlehood. Um, but she's also preparing herself if God does provide her a husband where she has picked a career that would allow her flexibility um, for if she has children someday. Um, so she's single now, but she is practicing biblical womanhood in the season that God's put her in. It's, it's really beautiful. Amen. Well, ladies, thank you so much for your sage advice on biblical womanhood. And thanks for listening to Flock Talk, a ministry of GCF North. GCF North exists to glorify God through gospel-centered worship, evangelism. Oh, we changed it. Worship, discipleship, and evangelism. Whoa, I almost got that wrong. To learn more, go to our website, gcfnorthspokane.org. Spokane.org.